Listener Production. The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild course language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deek speaking. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Charlie Clawson and my guest this week, he's one of the hosts of the Bunta Vista podcast. He's what I consider the Tofop Universe's very own Fox Mulder, Ben McClay. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing is uh, more to the point. We were meant to record this episode a couple of weeks back, but mm. uh, something happened. Yeah, COVID finally caught up with me after three years of like looking my friends directly in the eyes and saying, I will never get the novel coronavirus. <laughs> you're, um, that, you're that guy in um, Final Destination. It's one of my favorite lines from a horror movie where one of the jock, the jock guy is like his friend, you know, all the friends are dying because death's catching up with them. And he says to them, I'm never going to die. Not ever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's going to be the best summer ever. I'm never going to die. And then I managed to dodge it for a very long time for someone who works in a bar, I think. I did oh, a pretty good yeah, job. Of course. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I got it. It's a, I work at a bar in Brisbane where twice a year we do these sort of like themed beer festivals. We do a dark beer one. We do a sour beer one. And every year we shoot a dumb, a dumb little promotional video for it. It's just like a little 30-second whatever bit of silliness and this well, we year eat bats <laughs> we oh. bring a big vat of bats <laughs> well this one was uh, a bunch of people in very close quarters spitting into each other's mouth oh, oh, my basically. God. so it was oh, which what I, is wrong with you that's disgusting. i was on the other side of the camera in my uh, defense so oh. i thought i was safe but the moment that we finished filming like we got in the car started driving back into town from my friend's farm where we filmed this and then 20 minutes later we got a text message from one of the people who had been there that was just uh, a photo of a positive rat test. I was <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, that's pretty much, that's that's it done. So uh, there were five of us there and yeah, right. four of us ended up getting COVID from it, uh, which was great. And it's really cool because we ended up releasing the video and there's just a bunch of people that are just like, hey, so this is where you got COVID from, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. The exact yeah, that's, moment. You, you can, can actually freeze, freeze frame, frame it. it as the infected spit <laughs> is flying through the air and say that is that one. Like even a scientist could just look at that and an uh, epidemiologist could just look at that and say, yeah, that is that, that yeah. photograph is evidence enough of COVID. It's got spikes no, on it, that spit. No speculation, no hypothesis. It's right there. It's caught yeah. on tape. So fucking stupid. Just like three years of masking and hand washing and keeping distance and then, <laughs> yeah i guess well at least at least you us. kind of you know you you waited until sort of like a, a mass vaccination point in australia so at least the risk was kind of lower i caught yeah. covid right at the start of the omicron outbreak because having avoided people for about a year and a half uh, my wife and I decided we got invited to a friend's like birthday party, and we're like, you know oh, what? No. We can reward ourselves because we thought it was going to be at <sighs> someone's house in the hills, open spaces. It's like you know the risk is low, but yeah. as as it got closer and closer, it's like, oh no, it's going to be at this bar in town. And I remember rocking up, and I and in the news at the time, Omicron had just started to kind of flare up, so I was, I was quite conscious of it. And we turned up at this bar. No one's wearing masks, no ventilation. Yep. About fifty people crammed into a shoebox. And I'm like, well. 
definitely getting COVID. And that was a, it was a super spreader event. It was a barman who spread it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, they'll do he that. Gave it to about thirty people at this party, and I was just like, "Okay." So, how did how did you find the what were your symptoms like? It was really bad, uh, and like I've sort of been sarcastically saying, "I'm surprised no one is talking about this." But like, also, I think we've reached the point now where it's passe to say that you had a bad time with COVID. Like, yeah. you know, you just sort of soldier on. You have it. You disappear for a week. You rewatch season one of the Terror, and then you you emerge. But I, it was fucking awful. The first two days, I was just like lying half asleep, half awake, hallucinating with a fever. And then a couple of days of some of the worst migraines I've ever had. And then now, like two weeks later, two and a bit weeks or whatever, I am still bushed. Like I have no fitness whatsoever. I'm just getting very tired all the time, very sore, still got a fucking annoying cough. This shit sucks. Get your yeah. booster. My recommendation it, to everyone. The weird thing about COVID and like, you know, the, the way it sort of got immediately politicized is that there seems to be no like um, r- room for gray area or people on either side conceding to the other. You know what I mean? Like it's either people are like, I'm just going to wrap myself in like masks and spray myself with disinfectant yeah. and lock myself in. And you could say, well, you know, maybe that's being too cautious. Then there's the other people like, I don't give a fuck, like each man for his own. Like you're bad luck if you've got a grandma with a pre-existing condition. But yeah, it's just because that cognitive bias of, well, I had it and it wasn't more than a cold. Therefore, that would be the experience for everyone yeah. is insane. Because I'm it's- the same as you, man. I, I, It laid me out and I was super worried because I was the first person I knew to get it. And it was sort of right at, you know, when people still were, were really trying to figure out what it was. Mm. And I was ill, like like bedridden for three days, like, you know, fever, having nightmarish dreams. Yeah, that shit was my, fucked My up. wife, like, pushing food under the door like I was, you know, had the plague. <laughs> but we had friends who were dropping off supply because then everyone obviously in my house got it. And it, because people were still, you know, quite scared of it like we had friends like turning up in virtual hazmat suits and leaving <laughs> groceries like a good 30 meters from our front door and running back their cars that that was actually something that um i found quite heartwarming about mm. this it's like you what well, yeah you would have had the same experience that at the very start it was fucking terrifying knowing that one of your friends had it so everyone would be jumping to be like holy fuck can i bring you anything can i bring you groceries treats whatever and i kind of figured that I had waited so long to get it that everyone would be well over that point. Like everyone would be like, well, fuck this guy. He can get pizza delivered. Like, He's such a goddamn hipster. Even his diseases are like old fashioned. Waiting until it's no longer fashionable. Yeah. But then I still had like tons of people that like, obviously my, my partner was dropping stuff over to me, but like friends would just be randomly texting me being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to bring you any groceries or anything? And I'm like, oh, you still care after all this time. That's, that's very, very sweet. It was really nice. How uh, about your sense of taste and smell? Because that took ages for mine to come back. Untouched, thank right. fuck. That was the big thing that I was worried about. Like, well, you know, that and dying or whatever. But also <laughs> just like I had one of the first people I knew that got it is a guy who is like a professional coffee roaster who lost his sense of taste for somewhere between like six months and a year. But obviously when it first happened, he didn't know it was ever going to come back. And like yeah. that's his whole life. Is yeah, just I'm, I'm seeing an Oscar, an Oscar bait movie right here. It's like uh, The Sound of Metal. It's like The Smell of Beans. We can do a knockoff of The Sound of Metal. We've got a coffee Fuck. roaster who's facing like the existential crisis of oh. 
what he must do when he can no longer smell beans. Getting someone to like teach him to taste by touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Helen Keller. Yeah, like exactly. they're just like <laughs> you're standing under a bean tap and they're like, beans, feel the beans. Oh, fuck, what would you even do? You just Helen like smell right. we could call <laughs> Fuck. You teach him how to operate a like gas chromatograph or whatever those mass spectrometers, whatever they are, I'd be like, well, there's this much phosphine in there. Yeah. Probably that's phosphine. I don't know anything about chemistry. I don't know shit about chemistry. What's that? Uh, is it? Oh, no, I'm going to get it wrong too. That um, there's a thing where uh, your body misinterprets senses, like you you can see. Oh, synesthesia. S- synesthesia. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. we just have to give him in fourth <laughs> synesthesia. So now he has to see like taste. Yeah. These beans <laughs> smell like laughter and the color yellow. So I think that might be grape notes. <laughs> Uh, now, I teased at the start of the show, Ben, that I, I consider you the Tofop Universe's very own Fox Mulder because, uh, as discussed in previous episodes, you have the largest personal collection of paranormal mm. literature. Uh, I hope so. Not, not verified by Guinness, but uh, I did. I went to the, the Lifeline Unverified like a lot of the claims made in these books, so it's All fine. of them, yeah. <laughs> I did a little top-up last week. I've got another six or seven books in there now, one of which I'm particularly happy with because it's like a, it's a roundup of – quote-unquote psychical research from the 60s written by this one author uh, where it came from. I like brought it home, opened up the cover, and it was from the like Royal Australian Army Library. Oh, wow. <laughs> this so is like good. many stare at goats type shit. Exactly, yeah. Although it's got a little index card at the back that, you know how they used to do when you checked out a book with the stamp and stuff uh, pre just putting shit in a computer and having a barcode. No one checked it out, as far as I can tell. It's a perfectly <laughs> empty index card. <laughs> That's a years of research, well paid for. Yeah. <laughs> so was it actually like a scientifically conducted no. research? No. It, it's one guy oh, okay. uh, sort of anecdotally describing <laughs> research he's heard <laughs> so about opposite, in Europe. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Which it's I've got such a soft spot for this one specific type of thing where it's a very credulous person or or a con artist, it's hard to tell writing about really dubious studies being done elsewhere but adding it way more credence than it deserves there's like a very specific tone and it's all from the 60s of being like well there's an institute in germany where they demonstrated that you know psychic waves can be detected from 50 meters away you're like oh wow that was at a real university then you look it up but it's just like one guy at his house you're like yeah yeah right okay Yeah, the University of Kevin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the University of Gunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking about you a few weeks ago because the uh, Starlight Festival uh, was happening in the Northern Rivers a couple of weeks ago. My brother was in town visiting and so me and him and my wife uh, paid it a visit. And I know we've discussed this previously, but I, I kind of sit in this weird space where I'm a complete skeptic Mm-hmm. Don't believe any of it, but at the same time, like, really want to. I'm really intrigued by all this kind of yeah. stuff. And so my wife said, why don't we just wander into town? We'll get, like, a tarot done just for fun. We'll just have a laugh. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. The first obstacle I I, I faced was there was a door charge, like a $30 oh, door charge. I mean, it's for, a week, it's for a weekend of new age. Like, you can do yoga and go to meditations and sound healings and stuff. So it's like... It's not like a cover charge. That's misleading. It's a festival pass. <laughs> there are perks. There are things that you're doing, activities yeah, involved in that. Things you're yeah. doing. My brother, who is like even more skeptical than me, was like, oh, <laughs> he almost had a heart attack. <laughs> so uh, my wife shouted him and um, she was sort of the most enthusiastic about getting something read. 
And so I walked in and I and, and, and like I, I went in like I, I coached myself into being like, okay, man, just it's just fun. Like, don't fucking judge other people's beliefs and just just be open to the experience because all these people who believe in like they always said to me, Charlie, if you just opened yourself up, you'd you'd see you'd have an experience. But you're just so close minded. So I walked in. And the first thing I see is like some kind of like it's a chart, like a like a spectrum chart, I guess, like colors in like you know in the spectrum, with different kind of emotional indicators relating to animals. And so I asked the woman what it was, and she said, "Oh, there, it's it's some kind of like spirit animal therapy where huh. an animal can." And I was like, uh, "All right, okay, sure." <laughs> and then I started wandering around and checking out the prices. And I don't know, what would you think you'd pay for like a half hour tarot or psychic reading, something like that? Well, that's, so they're selling I mean, their I time like and a, their expertise, right? So I'm going to say yeah. it's probably a half hour, if they're covering their own costs, whatever those might be, 50 bucks. 80 $80 minimum. That was the cheap end. Like the ladies who were featured on like, you know, uh, on TV and in New Idea and stuff like that, they were like over 100 for half an hour. And so, fuck. That's a good record. The more I wandered around, the more I could just feel that little <laughs> voice in my head being like, "Fuck this bullshit! Like these charlatans! You can't support this." Um, so I was like, "All right, I'm going to exit the little, you know, the the trades hall as it was, and yeah. go out into into one of the talks." And so there was like a sound healing thing going on where they, you know, they do the big boom in the pot. And I was like, oh, you know, that, that feels kind of nice, the vibrations. But I'm yeah, not that really- I can. I actually, I don't believe it does anything. I just think it's cool. It would I be like nice it conceptually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was some yoga happening, but I immediately wasn't yoga. Sorry, it was a meditation, a meditation and a talk. But I immediately like turned around because the guy who opened the door was such a stereotypical new age light hippie. I was like, I can't. I'm sorry, I just can't. He was like, it's because I think I made a bit of a bang when I opened the door and I must have gone, oh, sorry. And he's like, hey, man, you don't have to apologize. All the world. Or something like that. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. So I left. So I, my, thir- my 30 bucks was completely wasted. My wife, though, had a great reading, she said. But I, 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 it was funny. She came home and she said it was fantastic. You know, gave me everything I, I needed to hear. And she always says to me, Oh, look, I don't believe it, but I think it is an interesting mental exercise to have like an outside party, Yeah, you know, bring up some symbolism and stuff and you pick It's a really good form of self-examination. It's, sure. a, it's a framework for talking about your own life, which yeah. a lot of people never get an excuse to do because it's, it's, it's like it's, it's socially passe. Yeah. But you get half an hour of just being like, wow, you're right. I am and struggling with this right now, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you get some hope. And yeah. so my wife says that, but I secretly think she believes it. Like I secretly <laughs> think she does because she was so like, you know, um, over the moon she came back. But then, so in this reading, this half hour reading, and it was mainly about like career and stuff, I get a drive by from the psychic where she's like, oh, your husband, <laughs> your husband's, um, you know, he's, he's really in a fog right now. He's really lost. And he oh. needs to be grounded. And I was furious. Not because she said it, but because she was right. <laughs> like I was so annoyed. Very perceptive. I'd been going through, yeah, I'd been going through like a couple of weeks of just like, who am I? A bit of a mini existential crisis and starting the new year and all that stuff. And the fact that this fucking psychic at the Starlight Festival nailed it and I refused to admit it. Dude, and that's second kind of hand as well, like yeah. through a third party. You weren't even present. I like, wasn't even there. Yeah. Unless she saw me 
like walking around with my wife before she sat down for a reading. I was like, look at that dude. He's fuming. Like, Took a little note. Really got to- <laughs> that guy's in a fog. I can fucking <laughs> detect a fog from ages ago- away. There's something oh. like, it's, I mean, Eve, if it is or isn't a scam, regardless, there is something very powerful about like, like most struggles people have in their life are internal. You know, everyone has some sort of, weird existential drama going on because life is confusing and hard but we also the thing is you just kind of keep that shit to yourself you know you're like ah fuck i'm middle age what the fuck is happening in my life ah you're not going to sit around talking to people about that to have someone just like look at you in your eyes or your wife's eyes as the case might be Mm. and be like hey are you okay you seem like you're struggling with something that's like fundamental that's like oh my god thank you so much for asking Sometimes you just hard. want to pay a sex worker to hold you. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes That's you want what it is. someone in- to just be like, hey, I will listen to you complain and be like, oh, yeah. fuck, thank you. I would love yeah. that. I mean, I've been to like, I'm still in therapy, like legit therapists. And I would say that, you know, woo-woo aside, the message is all pretty much the same. It is all yeah. about self-examination, looking into the past to see how that affects present day behavior and some tools for sort of moving forward. So- I don't have a huge issue with it. It's just the it, why do they all look the same, Ben? Uh, like, I why can't get do over all that. these psychics like? How come there's just no dude in a like a suit and tie? Like, how come they're always <laughs> these middle aged ladies <laughs> in Camilla dresses, you know? And there's fucking crystals everywhere. Like, I I think I would be more inclined if some there was just some fucking like George Carlin style psychic, you know, just um black skivvy ponytail tells it like it is, like yeah. none of that shit. Kind it's of so, psychic. I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued by this dude. He's trying to do something different. I feel like such a mean person about hippies. Also, it's a funny prejudice to have in like the 2020s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, sitting here being like, you goddamn log hairs. <laughs> but like, I, I've got, I'm like one social circle away from a bunch of like Burning Man style bush doof hippies where I know a bunch of them well enough to say hello to and occasionally we'll go to things where there's a ton of them or whatever. And I find myself being such a prick in my head mm. of just like, ah, oh, these fucking white dreadlock yeah. fucking ravers having like a wonderful time, but they're being real goofy about it. Like I, uh, I tended bar at a wedding for this group of people and like the whole afternoon I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is – Fucking so silly. Look at him. Just no self-awareness whatsoever. And then by the time that the speeches were going around at the wedding and it was a bunch of people on acid and MD <laughs> taking turns doing speeches at the wedding where everyone was crying, I was starting to tear up being like, this is the most emotionally moving thing I have ever seen in my life. Just that uh, I wish I could kill the, the cynicism part of my yeah. brain for this. It feels so mean, but I'm also mm. just like, why do you what? What's with the big pants? I fucking I went skydiving a couple of months ago because my friends are. I wouldn't call them bullies, but they're um, <laughs> they're very uh, peer pressure activity oriented. In that mm. we had one drunk conversation where I had badly estimated the amount of time that I think you spend in the sky when you skydive, and during the course of that conversation, which was googling how long you in the air when you skydive. My friend's like, all right, we're doing it. And then I woke up the next day with one of them having forwarded me a $300 voucher for a skydiving trip and then being like, now you have to buy one for someone else. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But anyway, when we did that, it was down in Byron Bay, the like one of Australia's great hippie capitals. 
And the instructors and like the people that were doing the final checks of the harnesses and stuff were these two like aging hippies wearing like the flowing linen pants and all that <laughs> stuff. I was just like, holy fuck. Like when the guy was giving us the safety breathing, the briefing, half of it was like, yeah, you have to make sure that like you do this with your arms and legs and make sure blah, blah, blah. But the rest of it, he's like, it's just a ride, bro. It's a really oh, beautiful no. ride. It was Bodhi spiritual. Point yeah, yeah, 100%. I was just like, <laughs> fuck, no. I need a guy that believes in science. I can't yeah. have this. Yeah, no. With life and death situations, you definitely want someone who's more steeped in the kind of like, like they understand like uh, air force velocity and all that kind yeah, of stuff. I want them tethered to the material realm yeah. more than the spiritual because I'm about to jump out of a plane above Byron Bay and I don't want to get pancaked at the bottom. But I do have that same feeling of like, like what is this protective armor of cynicism? I mean, I think that's what therapy is 90% about is like, what is that armor of cynicism protecting yeah, me what, from? Yeah, what's at risk if you indulged yeah. that? Yeah, and, and and like the people I know who who do like they seem to just love it and oh, not do. take it so seriously. I've got like friends who are, you know, in their nine to five <coughs> lives, uh, like ultra kind of successful and very straight laced. But you know, they'll go to Crystal Castle and get their auras photographed and blah blah blah, and then go back to running their, you know, Fortune five hundred company. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's no different to someone worshiping Jesus or you know being a Mormon or a Jewish or anything like that. I guess. But the aesthetic is slightly different. I think it's the I don't know. There's a the look crystals. to it. Yeah, it's the crystals. Yeah, and saying that about all the that group of hippies, they are all doctors and nurses, like medical doctors, yeah. MDs, it, like which is. Uh, I mean, there's a common thread I found with people I know who are doctors, amazing at taking drugs, largely. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was really funny in that they're doing all this like very, you know, hands-on, staring at you in the eyes, being like, "This is a day about love, hippie stuff." And then at one point. They realized that a guy had passed out from drinking too much. And like four of these people immediately spring into action, like putting him on his side, like checking all this shit or whatever. I'm like, oh, you are normal, competent, functional people on top of having dreadlocks. You can have both, apparently. I wonder if that's like, if you, if you're, you know, you know so much about science and human anatomy. And I wonder if that would lead to some kind of existential crisis about like, well, I understand. I have this innate understanding of how fragile life is, you know, and, uh, and how the body works and what a miracle it is that we're here. The fact that we could all just not be here and then that's it, that that fills me with dread. Mm. So maybe that's why, you know, they're drawn. They're either drawn to drugs and alcohol or they're drawn to kind of some kind of spiritual life. I could understand that. Like yeah. that. I mean, I, I, I was raised Catholic, fell out of that. But I have, I imagine I will very much want to believe in a God when I'm, you know, <laughs> dying. But I, I will think, suddenly rediscover like my faith. I'm already there, I think. Not in the having the belief, but I desperately want it. I have such a horrible time with several times a day, every day of my life, I will have something jolt into my brain, a reminder that I could die at any point and my consciousness will wink out. And that all of this, tears in the rain, it'll all disappear, it'll all be gone, mm. and it ruins my fucking day every single time. If I could yeah. have one convenient belief about like some persistence of soul or something, I'd take it. I would take it so happily. Yeah, I had this very dark thought the other day when I was riding my bike home from the gym and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm feeling fit again. I've got my body moving. I'm feeling fit. You know, I'm, I'm middle-aged. I'm going to try and stay healthy and fit. And then I was like, I, that led me to thinking about like 
you know, vampires and immortality <laughs> and living forever. And then I'm like, but wait a minute. When I think about like immortality, I'm like, that's a horrible curse. What a horrible thing to outlive everyone you love. And then I'm like, but that's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm trying to, I don't want to Give be the last one. I, I want to die first. I want to be the last one, last man standing. And I was like, maybe I should stop exercising. Maybe you should start <laughs> abusing drugs and alcohol. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. It's time to take up smoking. It's now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ben, I have a uh, an article that I have been saving since, well, I don't know, when, when did this come out? Since the, December 8th last year, I saw this and I immediately thought, I know who to talk to about this. So um, I know you're aware of this TikToker, Andrew Dawson. So mm. this is a man who disappears after spotting, inverted commas, a giant person on mountain. This is from a, uh, a website I've never heard of called Sportskeeda. Sounds great. Sounds authoritative <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, it's definitive. All right, I'm just going to share the screen with you so you because there's going to be some stuff to watch as we go through this. Oh, thank you. Um, I didn't realize because we've talked a lot about you know um, what people believe in and um, uh, you know uh, cryptids and, and ghosts and stuff, but I don't think we've yet discussed belief in giants. Like no, that, that's that's a relatively new one on my radar. I think. It's so esoteric. It's delightful. It's there's some sense of real whimsy to it in that like you can see an unbroken thread of people believing in ghosts for a long time or whatever or aliens. Giants yeah. just feels like someone just threw something completely random in the mix. Like well, oh, it's just so it. easy to disprove. <laughs> like ghosts, small magical creatures that can stay hidden, you know, that all makes sense because yeah. you don't need any physical proof. But a giant is defined specifically by the name. Yes. Yeah, it's right <laughs> like there. It's got to be so big it stands out. They'd be very easy to spot if they were, say, hanging out on mountaintops all the time. Yeah, well, apparently it mm. is. So uh, let's let's get into this article. This is by Nearly Sheth, sorry, or Seth. Maybe it's a solid nature to start. So TikTok users are concerned about TikToker Andrew Dawson, who posted an eerie conspiracy video on his page after he stopped sharing posts on the video sharing platform. Dawson uses the handle Andycapped. <laughs> pretty good, pretty clever, Andrew. First went viral on April 9th when he shared a clip of what seems to be a giant person in the mountains. However, he has not posted anything on the video sharing platform since May 17, 2022, leaving many internet users questioning what's happened to the man. So this is the last clip. I'm going to play it for you now. So take it off mute. What is that? That was not there yesterday. Okay, so for people listening at home, what you saw then was he's in some kind of like snow town uh, surrounded by snow-covered mountains and he films on his iPhone, he zooms in on what looks like some metallic structure on the top of a mountain. Like, yeah, I mean, to me it looks like it just could be like a, I don't know, like a snowplow or any number of machines. Something squarish, yeah. Squarish. Yeah. He's titled the video UFO question mark. Two question marks I want to stress. There's a slight sense of urgency there. Yeah. So that was the last thing he posted. Andrew Dawson's giant person video, subsequent consequences and contradicting updates. So he joined TikTok in 2021 and shared generic content like his drinking habits, jokes, dancing and relationship issues. Are you on TikTok? I am not. I okay, I think I get I. TikToks the normal way, which is that 
my my partner sees them when they get posted to Instagram and then she shows me them on her phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I understood them to be as well. I don't I think I, I have opened an account. I thought, oh, maybe Tofop should get one. And then I was like, this is young person stuff. It's it's you can't you can't be over 30 and on there. It's embarrassing for everyone involved. For the people looking I, at you. You don't stuff, think my wife and I and our child should all be dressed in like matching matching pajamas doing like a hilarious hip hop song about Christmas or something? No, no, I don't think you should. <laughs> So on April 10th last year, Andrew uploaded a video on TikTok with a caption, it's a giant. <laughs> Don't bury the lead, Andrew. No. The video allegedly showed a giant person standing on top of a snowy mountain somewhere in Canada. Oh, okay, he's Canadian. Well, that changes things because <laughs> Canadians, in my experience, are generally very good, honest people. Mm, that and is true. So, uh, less likely to lie. Not from one <laughs> of those duplicitous countries that uh, we don't yeah. have to name them, but there's a few you know that want to address their about. reports. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the video is shaking, zooms in on the giant. The figure is quite far away, so it could be anything. All right, so there's some editorial going on here. Someone in the video can be heard questioning Dawson about what he is seeing, to which he replies, it's a person, dude. No, seriously, pull over. It's a person standing there. So here's, here's that video. Person, dude. No, seriously, pull over, pull over. No. I mean, I'm just going to pause it there. It does look like a giant person. It does. Admit. I, it has like yeah. a small shape of the round shape at the top, sort of squarish shoulder type shapes, and then sort of tapers in down the bottom like legs. Like we, it, The human eye and the human brain is insanely good at spotting people like figures but we're also uh we're so good at recognizing them sort of subconsciously that it also means that if something like fits the parameters of what our brain thinks constitutes a human person it's very easy to become convinced that something incidentally human shaped is a person you know that sense of like yeah you see something in the corner of your eye in the dark and you're like holy fuck there's a man over there yeah you know turns out it's like a weird tree or whatever it becomes very yeah. it's very deeply ingrained i think Hundred percent. If you've ever taken any psychedelics, like there is a tree that I've walked past on mushrooms and seen like the most beautiful Virgin Mary, like sort of writhing underneath the bark. And I've passed that several times straight, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can sort of see like how my brain was open to that interpretation, like the knots in the trees and the shape of the trunk and all that kind I've of stuff. I've had the exact same thing happen, but uh, being on. For ACO DMT, I believe it is, like a lab chemical psychedelic thing, lying on my bed, looking up at the roof and seeing Jesus in the mold on my <laughs> shitty rental. <laughs> Moldy Jesus. And then like afterwards. It's the worst one. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the worst omen as well. Just bad landlordism, Jesus. Uh, and then like afterwards, looking at it completely sober and being like, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely see that. There's Jesus in there for sure. Yeah. It's, isn't there an artist, he did a whole series of, photographs and it's like finding faces in inanimate objects like he he will yeah. photograph like you know like a coat hook and it's like the eyes and the mouth there or yeah. you know the side of a lemon or something like that and and it's just an example of yeah the brain does is naturally drawn to anthropomorphizing things i guess is some kind of evolutionary yeah well because uh, uh we're very good at 
There's like there's smarts between our like what our eyes see and what we interpret it as that's not quite conscious. You know, where we'll just sort of be like the brain is very good at recognizing patterns and objects, and then sometimes it gets tricked. I think it's called par- periodelia. I can never remember how to pronounce that word, but it's the yeah periodelia. It's the tendency and that, for and us that's to. Kind of- and that's sort of tied in with Uncanny Valley, right? Like that there's an element where if it's cartoonish, we're fine with it. Yeah. If it's realistic, we're fine with it. But if it's just off. Yeah. If it off. if it either fails to like, if it tips off that it looks kind of human subconsciously without looking human to our conscious mind or the sort of the reverse of that, you end up with this very weird feeling of being like, I don't know what this is and I don't like dealing with it. I want to kill it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I why I set it on fire. No that's one Megan. likes the movie Polar Express. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But they love Megan. It's weird. I don't understand what's People going on. People do seem to love Megan. Everyone but, I know is talking about that at the moment. I can't tell if they're joking. Uh, but. I think that I think there is that element of it. The best, well, what I think would be, what I'm assuming I will take from the film is what this one reviewer I read said. It's camp horror. Yeah, okay. which is fun. Like it, not all horror has to be scary like chucky like the original child's play it's not actually scary but it is fun and campy and inventive to see how they make a children's dollar psychopath yeah and having brad duraf just hammered up as much as he possibly can yeah that's good um okay so andrew's post soon went viral with almost four million views i mean see that's why you gotta get on tiktok (laughs) that's why you get four million views i dream of those numbers well yeah that's if you've got the backing of the chinese government they want you to see that oh yeah of course shit maybe Mm -hmm. that might feed into the conspiracy Uh over the next few days he tried to film the giant creature but was unsuccessful as it had moved on there and wasn't there anymore andrew dawson spoke to the locals who explained that the thing comes and goes all right, so okay, no, I guess that's that's an innocent enough statement. Like if Andrew's saying to the local shopkeeper, "Hey, man, I've seen that weird thing up there. Is that a giant?" And the shopkeeper's like, "Oh no, I don't know what it is, but it, it's there. That sometimes it's not, other times, but they're not necessarily feeding into his paranoia." That's very strange. That like uh, just saying the locals that vaguely, like yeah. surely if there's a bunch of people there that know about it, you could just. Get a quote you could ask from him. someone. Yeah, you'd be a like ver- Craig, verified quote. who runs the snowboarding shop, is like, oh, yeah, the giant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Strange things started happening to him from then on as he tried to film the creature again. On April 12th, 2022, he shared an update stating that he was allegedly stopped by a CIA agent who stated that Dawson was trespassing and blocked the road despite it being a public area. Here we go. I just got stopped by like some CIA agents. He told me to turn around, said I'm trespassing. I said it's a it's a public freaking it's a public area, like a public park or whatever. Some local told me to take this path. I didn't get it on camera, but I'm going to go again tomorrow and be prepared to be filming right now because he stopped the vehicle. His truck was blocking it. Said some like environmental issue was going on. I don't know. Was, he told me to go back and said I was trespassing. I don't get it. It was awkward, but I'm going back again tomorrow to see if he's not there. But if he is there, I will keep camera. I will film because the only angle I could get that that I found today is the one I just posted earlier, and it what there wasn't even anything there. But I don't understand why the road's blocked off. I I don't know. I mean, kudos to and andrew slash handicapped a first of all very handsome a good looking dude like if this was a this could be a movie this could be like a new line 
uh, horror franchise, the first series, and they just cast a hot young star from the CW. Yeah, you, but you um, want someone who, with no previous credits because you want that ambiguity so you can do it as that's a found, right. found footage movie. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, it's well set up. I don't know that the exchange he had sounded that unusual. <laughs> like you drive into a small town and you stop by someone either in a uniform or, you know, even a high-vis vest and they say, hey, sorry, there's some work going on here. You can drive. I don't immediately leap to <laughs> there's a crashed UFO up there or whatever his uh, mind's going to. The uh, Also, I guess the ambiguity in the language he's using, he's saying sort of a CIA guy in a way like he's guessing. Like the guy didn't Man identify himself as being yeah. from a three-letter agency. Mm. Also, the idea that the CIA would be in charge of this is quite funny. They're like, oh, well, in between toppling South American socialist governments, we're hiding the existence of a giant in Canada. Wait, he's in Canada. Why would the CIA be there? Yeah, do they have any jurisdiction up there? Like, surely they wouldn't. Surely the Canada's got What's their the own. What's the Canadian Secret Service Service called? Is yeah. it the CSS? <laughs> I think that hey. might be it. FBA. <laughs> what if they? Yeah, that's weird. I guess they'd have whatever the equivalent of like Canadian ASIO, whatever the fuck that is. Casio. Casio. Yeah, it is weird too that like, I mean, rather than him sort of dismissing it, like he said, he's gone back and it wasn't there. So rather than sort of just dismissing it as a one-off, like he's assuming that he must have been so convinced that it was actually a giant. Like it's not like he has any – he's already sort of arrived at the conclusion, you know what I mean? It's not like I need to find out more about what that thing is. If I'd sort of went back after seeing something weird and there was nothing there, I'd go, okay, it was a well, that was a one-off. Or, yep. Yeah, like it was some vehicle that was there and it's moved on. I guess, you know, my mind's playing tricks on me. But his night, no, it's yeah. not there. <laughs> and this guy is running interference. Do you, in your uh, professional opinion as a trained thespian, uh, yeah. do you see some artifice in his delivery there? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. He's good look, artifice. He looks like he's like, trying to hit beats. Like, yeah, they, it it strikes me as you know in movies where they have an element where it's someone delivering like a video log yeah. to themselves, where it's sort of it's very expository, but they're yeah. like. They're trying to do that. Oh, and towards the end, I have to indicate that I'm tired and I'm stressed or whatever. So I'm yeah. adding in some pauses. Like, I don't know. Well, like you said, it, it's like a clip from a found footage movie. Like yeah. it's like Cloverfield or whatever, Blair Witch, you know, paranormal activity. It has that vibe to it. And I think too that not so much Canadians in my experience, but Americans, you know, as a, as a cultural, uh, are so articulate and verbose and they love to kind of like – deliver a soundbite like you see you know mm-hmm. they'll vox pop people and they'll have like just kind of sayings and phrases like you know that that, that are real kind of you know putting a button on something and yeah. it felt to me if you want my actor's pov mm-hmm. that he was looking for a button for that scene yeah but he didn't have one like because he sort of just tape it out and you could see like he wanted like a to go out in a high which would be like don't know, dog, like <laughs> shit's getting real, dog, yeah. or something like that. He needed like a shit's about to get real yeah. type line, but he didn't have the confidence for it or he hadn't thought it through. Or I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the third take of the same video that he'd done. Yeah. Because he was building to something, but he just didn't quite have the the skill set to kind of just give us that shit's getting real. Yeah. And like- <laughs> Dog. If, if the- he seems like a guy who'd say D-A-W-G. Yeah, 100% think, does. Something about American, yeah. like North American man lends itself to that very easily. Yeah. It, it's He's also working in a medium where it is okay for him to do multiple takes, you know, even if yeah. it was real because he's presenting. He's putting a video out for yep. consumption. So if he garbles it the first time, 
it can be more polished, but to me, it looks like he's gone with something that seems rougher to add an air of credence, even though it doesn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's sort of he's created this sense of like they're listening, they're after me when he didn't need to. He's maybe he's just pushed it a bit too hard. It would have yeah. been more intriguing yeah. if he was still in the discovery phase. Like if he'd research. gone in there and he'd done it TikTok style, like, well, guys, the craziest yeah. thing happened to me today. And then there's lots of jump cuts and he's pointing yeah. at text on the screen or whatever. That's right. You'd be like, Green oh, it's a TikTok. Behind him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He's trying to ape a older medium. Like yeah. he's sort of aping conventions from well, that he probably grew up watching as opposed to what a real TikToker would do. Very yeah. insightful, Ben. I knew oh, I, I'm glad I got you on for this, <laughs> to construct this. Okay, so the next day he shared an alleged clip of a UFO and they put in brackets, unidentified flying object in case. Oh, I like the next in- parenthetical they use as well. <laughs> following what he called a heli, in brackets, copter <laughs> extraction. So he said heli extraction. Um, and they just completed it for us in case you didn't know what a heli uh, was referring to. The same night, he shared another video of him being stopped by a black car, which he stated belonged to the CIA. On April 16th, Dawson shared a video of a suspicious-looking black vehicle outside his home, similar to the one that stopped him previously, so probably the the most common, you know. It's probably like it's the Toyota Corolla of, uh, yeah. of Canada. However, when Dawson went outside, the car was seen speeding away. The TikToker did not share any posts until May 6th, where he shared an official update, again in inverted commas. In this, he addressed his viewers and told them that he hadn't updated them as he got busy with life and hadn't disappeared or died. (laughs) So he says, sorry to disappoint you guys, but all of the videos that I post, all the videos that I posted were scripted or just fake. They were scripted for entertainment. But what caught everyone's attention? was 10 days later when Andrew shared a short clip in a dark room with the caption, I am scared. In the video, he contradicted an earlier statement saying his videos were not fake and that fans may not ever see him post ever again. You might not see me post ever again. My videos weren't, they weren't fake. Okay, so that's all we get. Now that's fucking good filmmaking. Yeah. That's yeah, great. The, like that's The fake out is good. The, like the short video again, good. It's just, there's something about thinking of the, the effort to go through of posting the video of like, obviously he's in a tight spot, damn. Uh, but then he films the video, he looks at it, selects the, the chunk of time that he wants to use from it, <laughs> thinks about a caption, posts that. You know, like it's the moment you think about what he has to do to get that video published, you're like, you're not that desperate, are you? Like you're not that. Yeah. Not that scared at the moment. Yeah. Well, I actually thought it was really brilliant, the fake out. The fake out's Like, good. I think he should have left it at that, but maybe lent on it a bit harder so that internet sleuths would go, there's something weird about the syntax of this. 100%. It doesn't, it's in, it's, it, it doesn't gel with other stuff that he's posted. The language seems different. Like, you know, he uses this terminology in earlier posts, but he doesn't use it here. What's going on there? That would have been more. But I don't think he trusted us enough. Yeah. To be like, oh, we're going to de- deconstruct that. You could have done did- something like even really obvious, like some sort of very, very basic bitch like, oh, there's a few random capital letters in there. H-E-L-P. Oh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're right. Where, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's like the perfect note to like leave on to be like, yeah. oh, he admitted, oh, you know, you get yeah. to feel smart from figuring it out. And then so that's it's a bit hammy. 
It's a bit yeah, much. Yeah, he, 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 yeah. Maybe what happened because they said it's ten days, so maybe he did leave that message expecting it, but there wasn't enough. Yeah, it didn't, get, it didn't make enough of an impact. People had already moved on to you know the Wednesday dance or something. Like yeah, that, so or he just fucking <laughs> craved more engagement. You know, yeah. he'd, he'd been like, haven't gotten a notification for a couple of hours. <laughs> really, so is that little hit. Andrew shared one last update on May 17th, the next day, which featured what looked like the same snow-covered mountain with a structure on top. The TikToker claimed the structure hadn't been there the day prior. That's the clip we just looked at before. So for some reason, they've just quote-tweeted someone called Pretty Young Thing or at Bractacular on Twitter to say, I really believe the government killed Andrew Dawson. Well, that's a value-add to the article. (laughs) That's all I need. Um, So Andrew has not since shared any other videos or updates on his account, leaving many wondering about his safety. It is to be noted that none of the cryptic videos have yet been verified. Uh, But this has not stopped Neetsons? Netizens. Oh, Netzians, as in citizens of the net or something. Yeah, that's a real 90s internet slang shit. Uh, from speculating, so there's some links to it. There's a big, there's a 20 minute YouTube video on this, which I'm sure is not nearly as entertaining as this. Then there was the news that, that Andrew passed away on the 1st of July 2022 after an obituary serviced in a local paper, the Campbell River Mirror. Many also believe that this was all just an elaborate prank and that his death was just a coincidence. Well, what's his name? Andrew Dawson. It could also be there's more than one Andrew Dawson. Yeah, well, I also don't think. Do local paper obituaries require a death certificate uh, to run an obituary uh, you send them? Fuck, this is why you're the best at this. I wouldn't even <laughs> thought of that. Like, I'm like if Scully was an idiot. who's <laughs> just sitting there going, wow, Fox, you are so smart. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they do. Like, you could probably just write and do. be like, here's an obituary, here's my $10 or whatever. Thanks for doing business. You- I think the comments under the article are pretty good, so we should read these. Um, this is from Lewandowski Dylan, 99. Do you think his name's Dylan Lewandowski? I was going to say he was born in 1999. I think that might be the and case. People, and if people wonder how you can hack data. Uh, we all know he didn't die from a Heath death. Yeah. I think he means health death. I think so. He either passed away from the CIA, not capitalized, so it's like CIA yeah. with a C, killing him or he was killed from the government. Know that he was made to say it was fake from all the videos that he made it up is not true at all. I always trust a comment that has no punctuation. <laughs> it just runs like a manic stream of consciousness. I'd like he's done another comment as well yeah. underneath. Okay, maybe for I know, or he has just yeah, mistyped I'm- another word. It's <laughs> well, there's not. There's only one word in that ties in that is correctly spelled. It's really. I know it's really. Yeah. Does he come back later? Oh, he does. Two comments down. It's re- it's really. Oh, and then two comments later. Real. <laughs> uh, Pen poet triple five says, not saying it's real or fake, but can you pay for your own obituary without dying? Oh, All right. I love where they're at. Yeah. You and Pen poet fifty five triple five are all over. <laughs> that it. is me, actually. I am Pen poet triple five. <laughs> all right. This is a longer post. This is from Linda Caddis. I agree. There's more. <laughs> the U.S. government has what's called a black budget. This is money going to the military that is a separate U.S. military. Many of Congress and Senate don't know about this. I fucking hate it when people end a sentence with a bracket and then I have to search back to see, did they start a bracket? <laughs> the answer here is no. <laughs> there was no. There's an end bracket, a close bracket, but not a start bracket. They're finishing a parenthetical that. they started days earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing a lot of research and finding a lot of strange programs, both good and bad, 
in the universe. What? what? <laughs> I mean, for, I mean, okay, that's good because they're strange programs, both good and bad. Yeah. But doesn't strange have an implicit negative connotation? Well, especially if they're secret military governments. I think it's kind of nice to see a like. The- <laughs> A conspiracy theorist giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, top secret alternate military being run by the government. But they're doing some pretty good work, too. They're doing some good good stuff. (laughs) Thanks, CIA. Hey, do you like your smartphone? (laughs) You can thank the UFO they they discovered 50 years ago. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. Great. Great. And finding a lot of strange programs, both good and bad in the universe. Knowledge is power. Go to the Gaia program. Fuck, are you aware of Gaia? Have you seen those ads? No, but that's a good fucking name though. Um, yeah, it's like I, I was getting dropped into my Instagram or maybe it was YouTube. These like, you know, those weird 20-minute ads you get on YouTube that are like, fuck, some weirdo, you know, has paid for this ad spot. And it was it was all about like, are you lost in life? You know, oh. do you know? So it's a cult or some kind of scam, yeah. pyramid scheme or something, but with a spiritual focus. Mm-hmm. Because I, w- I was seeing it all the time. It was about maybe 18 months ago. And uh, I tried to kind of – I wanted to see how much I could find out about it without having to like pay or subscribe or put my email address down or anything. And info was fairly limited. I went to a couple of Snopes-type sites were like, oh, yeah, like it's harmless enough stuff that looking to sucker in, you know, needy people, people are feeling a bit fragile, it's all about. It's everything we've discussed at the start of the show. It's not just the psychic that identified you're in a fog. The YouTube algorithm got it as well. (laughs) Oh, my God. Everyone's fucking more self-aware than I am. Hey, are you doing all Uh, right? (laughs) (laughs) Go to the Gaia program. There are discussion from senior military industry and depth reporters or Lyndon Moulton Howe. I'm going to just cut and paste that. Have you heard of Lyndon Moulton Howe? No, I have not. It's very odd to start that with three very vague things and then be like, and this one specific person. Okay, so she's she's an American investigative journalist and regional Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, best known for her work as a UFOologist. There we go. Nice. Regional Emmy Award-winning. At first I was impressed by that until I, I, I reread it. It's like regional Emmy. What's a regional Emmy? Does that mean it's just like- It's the Emmys, get, but like just TV in week. Kansas. Nowhere else. <laughs> you just you get your relatives to vote for you. She's an advocate of a variety of conspiracy theories. Okay. Well, hang on. Let me just. Okay. So if you go to Gaia.com, oh, she's an alien. that is. I obviously Unpleasant. don't like to judge people based on their appearance. <laughs> Quite a wide face on this woman. Startlingly yeah. wide. Frog like yeah, aspect, perhaps. It's confronting. So, all right. These are the tabs you get at Gaia yoga, meditation, series, docs, films, topics, news. Do they have an about? Uh, they've got food and nutrition, tra- body transformation, spiritual growth. I mean, they seem to cover everything. Seeking That's truth. A, I like that. We'll just, go, we'll just go to home and see what – I'm just so worried that I'm getting all my information being downloaded. Gaia offers the largest online resource of consciousness. Okay. So it's just a – it's oh, just it's a, Starlight Festival it's online. A streaming platform. Yeah. Holy oh, fuck. Oh, you're going to love this. So, you're going to sign up for this. I've gone to the, the paranormal section and they have – 495 episodes of the Gaia original Beyond Belief, 16 episodes of Microdose on, oh my God, this is, I might, they might end you up might getting some money it. from me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, well, while you're there, uh, check out Linda Moulton Hall, Hall, Hall um, 
Uh, Linda says, good place to start. These people are out there and many, many, many of them know have been visited a long time. The black budget people, this sound, and she put in brackets, and she has a, she has an opening bracket, which is, th- thank God, parentheses. This sounds crazy. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Um, but uh, the black budget people have been both to the moon and to Mars. There's a lot of good guys in the universe, including one galactic federation who are based on God's teachings of love. <laughs> oh. She wrote carrying for each other. I, I believe she means caring. <laughs> Uh, caring for each other, protecting our animals and plants. They are protecting the earth and don't want us to blow ourselves to dust. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I love the um, ones that trying to mix Christianity with UFO stuff. That's always such a like an odd, an odd mix. Yeah, there's this. Um, uh, J- J- sorry, Jake just comments on Linda's post saying, "Hey, this all happened in Canada. If the CIA <laughs> was operating within Canadian borders, they absolutely would not identify themselves as the CIA." The CIA does not have internationally recognized authority. They only have authority within their own borders. <laughs> Fucking everyone's answering our questions. I think it might be like a Sicario type situation where they've, you know, they're crossing the border with some sort of deal with the FBI and the DOD. I don't know. It might be complicated. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't like the only contemporary giant thing either. There's, um, oh, really? ever heard about the, the, I think it's called the giant of Gandahar? Kandahar, sorry, with a K. Uh, No, tell me. So this is a, like, I've mostly seen it shared as, like, a bad fucking, like, video clip from some conspiracy YouTuber. But my vague recollection of it is it's like an army special forces. Oh, sorry. It's a, a special ops task force of the U.S. Army that found a giant in Afghanistan in 2002. No. Oh, I vaguely remember this. But where was the giant? Where did they, did they say where they found him? Uh, just in a cave in, in Kandahar, uh, right. wherever Kandahar is. But yeah, spec ops, Do we, take you down a giant. I mean, what would be the military application? Like every shitty sci-fi film there's like, oh, they want to turn it into a weapon. I mean, I can understand if it's like King Kong size, but if it's like, yeah. you know what, 10 foot yeah, what are you or doing? something. We're, kind of, we're dealing with like asymmetric warfare at this point where it's like we have drone strikes and like that's- China will take this giant's credit card details and he's fucked. He's done, yeah. <laughs> like, an extra couple of feet ain't going to help on anyone in that instance. It's so weird that that would, there is no real like, yeah, as, as you say, if he's like six foot taller than normal, well, he's still going to be taken out by a carpet bomb, you know? Like there's not much- <laughs> You can really do with him. What a weird. So where did they did they bring him back? Did they say what? No, I think like, he like took out the entire team and then they. Oh, they yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Have you oh, seen? Oh wait, so no. Um, According to this, they uh they airlifted him back to the squad's base, and then all the soldiers had to sign non-disclosure agreements. Right. So SEAL Team Six take out Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Uh, no, the, well they get the giant first because what was it two thousand and two? Is that right? And then yeah. six years later. They use secret. Oh, there's a film. Giant technology film. on the complex yes. at Abbottabad. <laughs> it's actually the, the reason ops. that that one helicopter crashed was because it ran into the giant. Yeah, you just have a scene where they're tooling up all the Marines, and it's like, why are we taking these giant handcuffs? You'll find out. <laughs> oh fuck, it's so good. <laughs> Three Marines holding a giant like taser. <laughs> oh no, he's using it on us. We didn't think this through. Oh, fuck. You know, this all makes sense now. You know, they dumped Bin Laden's body at sea without taking any photos of the body or any proof or whatever. That was a giant that they dumped at sea. He was oh, yeah, hiding out and th- 
And that caused a tsunami in 2005. Right? There we go. It's all connected. <laughs> Gaia.com. <laughs> Have you seen either um, uh, Barbarian or Smile, those two? I've seen Barbarian. Uh, I've not seen Smile. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, and this is not really a spoiler, but I've noticed that in horror, the modern, the, I mean, all, like horror is generally always about some kind of trauma, but specifically at the moment, it seems to be about like generational family trauma. And there is a trend. When you see Smile, you know what I'm talking about. But giant giant naked hags <laughs> seem to be. Oh, that does seem very like uh, imagery plucked from your subconscious. And it like. <laughs> yeah. But it's also in the um, It Part 2 with the, the, the witch lady that yeah. um, Jessica Chastain goes to visit. Like, it's weird because I watched Barbarian. I really enjoyed it. But I'm like. This is the third giant naked hag I've seen in the space of like a year. Like clearly the in the zeitgeist, the horror zeitgeist, we've moved away from, you know, little Japanese ghost girls with long hair and now we're we're into giant giant naked hag. I guess it's like Baba Yaga yeah. kind of imagery. It is kind of it's easy to imagine that maybe something that got lodged into someone's brain with the size differential from when they're a child, you know? Of yeah. Just like Mom, ah! <laughs> Thirty years later you're writing barbarian. Yeah, but it's just weird. It's just, you know, like it, it, that, that stuff goes in cycles, like especially horror films, there's like trends. And I was like, oh, I want to know. Because generally it's always based on someone rediscovering a mythology or, a, you know, even like a – like for a while, like Carpenter Horror was back and before that, you know, it was like found footage. And I'm like, oh, so I wonder if there is some um, like a, you know, Eastern European, like the Baba Yaga thing or if there's some other kind of – Influence is there like are there Mexican filmmakers who are using this imagery? Like why of a sudden all of a sudden is that's all we're seeing in in films? Yeah, it's very strange. We had that trend uh around like Babadook era of like what I would call Hatman movies, where oh, yeah. the like the thing was invariably a sort of tall, sinister, black silhouette sort of top hat thing that was like, as we've talked about before, actually, the whole uh, like sleep paralysis demon style thing. Mm. I wonder what this is. I wonder what, because yeah, horror has always been pretty responsive to sort of like cultural zeitgeist and like, yeah, bi barbarian largely being about. Me too. Sort of, yeah, violence towards women and like yeah. ramifications there. Seeing that a lot in horror well, to like some good, some bad extents. Even um, when I messaged you a couple of weeks ago to do the show, I'd asked if you'd seen like the new Evil Dead trailer. Oh, yeah, I just watched that and this morning. I think it looks really great, but it's interesting the direction they've gone in, which is, again, family trauma. Yeah, motherhood. You know, some kind of – and she's not so haggy. She's more demonic in this. Yeah. But it, it's definitely like – I don't know if we're all having mother issues at the moment. Like collectively there's like – issue like uh, overbearing maternal mo mother issues going on because it's it's very literal in smile like that's the entire sort of um uh the character's wound the lead the protagonist's wound is like you know discovering her some horrible secret about her mother which is manifested in this giant monster the other films are kind of more peripheral they're not like the the primary antagonists but it's clearly something's going on and maybe it is a reaction to kind of like these uncomfortable conversations we've been having. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Like if it's a, if any part of this is like having to be 
having these issues and then sort of examining how they impacted the women in your life, which ultimately, depending on how you were raised or what your family was like, will mm. largely be your mother will be the the woman that has been the most in your life. Yeah. Whether you're like, oh, there is some depth there that I've probably never really examined. What was her life like? Yeah. Maybe she's a terrifying monster that's trying to kill me now. Who knows? It's funny. I've been watching that um, George Carlin documentary on uh, on HBO, the one that Judd Apatow oh, made. Have you yeah. seen that? It's like a two. I think it's a two parter. Like it's three hours long. Maybe it's even longer. Um, but it's so fascinating to watch. Like because I sort of you know like probably you as well, more aware of Carlin in the latter part of his career. But then sort of seeing these incarnations over time. You know, he was like a real. 1950s like yuck yucks kind uh -huh. of comedian then he was the hippy dippy weatherman then he was like the pot smoking counterculture you know wordsmith and then you know sort of around the 80s to 90s he just became this like firebrand old man firebrand but they sort of talk about his whole life you know he came his family home like he, both his parents were alcoholics and then his wife became an alcoholic and he was taking a shit ton of cocaine and like an alcoholic and a cokehead in the same house, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great combination. But there's this kind of idea that, you know, his comedy, by the time he gets to sort of where he – because he goes through this sort of lull from the late 70s into the 80s in which he was kind of getting mocked by other comedians. Like he was considered like a pioneer in his time. But Bill Burr tells this story about – um they go to see him do this special in like the late 80s or the early 90s. And Bill Burr's like, me and my friend were such idiots. We were actually going to laugh at him because, you know, he was this washed up kind of hack. And then Carlin comes out with this like Hurwitzer and just fucking <laughs> annihilates everyone. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like where has this been? But Carlin sort of in all the audio grabs and stuff says that, you know, I don't sort of regret any part of that stuff because it sort of led to this, led to this point. Like I had to – all that kind of misery and all that conflict. And there's also good stuff in there as well, but it's actually led to this point. The challenge is reinventing yourself. You're getting to a, a, get to a certain point of your life and rather than going, oh, things are great now. I'm just going to squeeze and hold on to this as long as I can. It's having the kind of willingness to go, all right, well, that's done. Let's move on and see if I can start again. Like none of us want to have to start again. It's fucking hard Jesus, no. to get this far in Christ. life. Yeah. I want to be a vaguely stoned UFO guy for the rest of my life. Uh, I don't want to have to <laughs> try and- discover a giant well, though. yeah. But maybe you can reinvent yourself as the dude who, who sees giants and thinks there's CIA, cons CIA conspiracies everywhere. Yeah, if you see me start posting videos about giants, don't mention this conversation, all right? This stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ben, thank you so much for coming on Fofa. Uh, is there anything you would like to promote the Bunta Vista podcast, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I check out the podcast Bunta Vista. It's um, it's extremely dumb. We're pretty happy with it most of the time. Um, and is Borf likely to come back this it year? It is. I actually just had a meeting this week uh, uh, where we're picking dates, but it, it's coming back for this year. It's not going to be lightning themed, but it will still be both. Okay. The the R and the L are How standing for something else this year. Oh man! Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll, we'll we'll keep people posted. We'll have to have you back on the show. You can tell us a bit more about that. But thank you for coming on the show. I knew you were the right person to talk to. Oh, thank this. you so so much for giving me an excuse to talk about it. This is delightful. And if you've got any literature you want to send me away by um, from the University of Kevin, please uh, be my guest. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. See you, man.
listener.